Okay, Julian, since you're listening to this, we're picking it up right back here. All right, Stacy. That was an interesting interruption, yeah? Well, it always gives us a good time to actually do a little bit of research since I just run into the house from, from coming in from the snow. And you asked me a question I didn't know at the time, but I do know now. <laughs> okay, what's the answer? So you, so you were asking about how many customers total that Kronos has, right? And so right. the numbers, you know, you get different numbers. But I can tell you at least as of sort of the end of 2018, the beginning of 2019, they were somewhere in the range of about 3,100 customers on that Workforce Ready number. So my sense is they probably increased that by another thousand or so in the first year. Uh, the workforce central number was in the range of about 7,000 customers with another 1,300 going to their new cloud product over the next year or so. So we're, we are definitely talking in that 12 to 15,000 range in that number, right? Um, so 24,000 seems a little bit high unless they've really ramped up in the last year since I was able to gather the numbers from them. That might be some of their secondary products that are included in that 24,000. Well, That's the number that they had is, online. This is, a, yeah. this is a 2017, um, fiscal 2017 results press release that says over 24,000 in cloud solutions. So that's huge, I can right? only tell you the numbers. Yeah, it's, that's huge. Yes, yeah. So somewhere in between that 24,000 and the 15,000 or so numbers that, that I've got is, is probably the right answer, right? And the, what's one oh. of the challenges when you're dealing with an organization where sort of they shared numbers based off of different product lines, and sometimes those product lines get overlapped or not. What I can tell you is that, you know, no matter how you look at it as total numbers go, Kronos has the bigger total number right, from a company perspective. Uh, Ultimate, as of just recently, you know, the numbers they shared with everyone, and they're probably a little bit higher now, but this is just as January of this year, was of uh, 2019, was at like 5,600 right now, right? Um, 4,600 on AltiPro, another 1,000 on PeopleDoc, and then they've probably had another 500 or so that have been added this year. So their numbers are nowhere near where we're seeing the Kronos numbers at in total, but a lot of that's because of Kronos' workforce now audience, which is also the SMB market, right? Yeah, I, I have a hard time reconciling a published number of 24,000 with what you just said. Um, and so, yeah. so it'll, be, it'll be interesting. This is a great question. Anybody in Kronos land who happens to be listening to this, we're wondering how many customers you have. <laughs> So, so here's the, the the conversation though that that I really you know have been seeing go out on Twitter and been seeing going out on sort of all of the other um, networks around this um, acquisition is what will it do to the rest of the market, which I think is actually a more interesting conversation on some level because this is it's going to take a long time. That this isn't going to be you know all the way through for several months. I think October is the deadline they gave as far as um, actually. Um, closing all of the deals. And until that happens, they're going to continue to work as separate companies. But what does this do for the conversations from a buying perspective with the Oracles and the Workdays or even the Ceridians and the, you know, ADPs in the market right now? Do you think this is going to make them think a little bit differently about partnership relationships, about, you know, their pitch to the market right now as to, as to you know, why you should focus on buying one vendor over another, because this basically takes one of the biggest partners for 
every vendor in the market on an HRMS level, right? Kronos was the largest workforce management partner for any HRMS vendor in the market, right, at, a, at an enterprise level, and puts them now directly connected with their own core HRMS that could compete with almost any one of these organizations, right? Well, the, the, you know, the news is being framed as this creates one of the world's largest cloud companies. And so, mm-hmm. so you could be excused for thinking that this is the gateway to the two combined units declaring themselves to be peers of SAP, Oracle, and, and Workday, right? Um, and when they do that, 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 that would suggest, I, I don't know anybody who is hard into the um, ecosystems of those big players who partners with people outside of that ecosystem. And it seems to me that, that people tend to specialize within. So, so I don't know how much of, of the Kronos business is um, tied to relationships with SAP, Oracle, and Workday, but I imagine that stuff is going to get pressured. Yeah. It's going to get pressure, and I think it's also there is not another single platform um, that I think could honestly say that they have, other than Ceridian probably at this point, right, that they have a workforce management solution that could compete with the Kronos workforce management solution right now, right? Right. Right. So, so that's it's an interesting point of departure because if they tuck in their wings and focus on growing the entity rather than growing the individual parts that would suggest that they're going to constrain their relations with the larger players. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it'll not only constrain the the relation with the larger partners, but this is, I think the part that, that oftentimes we dismiss as influencers or industry analysts or, uh, you know, people sort of watching what you would call sort of this, you know, uh, chess game, right? Which is the challenges for the buyers, whether they currently own these products or whether they're looking to buy these products, on how they try and get these vendors to play nice together, right? I, I had an interesting conversation with a very large global technology company not too long ago who's struggling because two partners who used to work really nicely together, one now offers a competing product, so the two vendors are no longer as friendly as they used to. Her, one of her biggest challenges is getting these two vendors to now work together, where previously that wasn't a challenge, right? So for the buyers and the practitioners, this is actually becomes a bit of a, a bigger issue in some things because they have to now figure out how to make a system that's made up of multiple solution providers who are now competing directly work and integrate and make those vendors sort of talk to each other in a way that helps the buyers, right? Well, so so it starts to poke a big giant hole in the idea that um, you get something special by buying into a single vendor and their ecosystem, doesn't it? Right. That 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 has been good conventional wisdom for four or five years now. That if you really want to um, 
succeed, you sign up with a single vendor and you don't look at the rest of the HR tech market. You only look at the things that have good relationships with your uh, partner, your, your, your preferred platform. And this will poke a hole in that. This will poke a hole in that. If you want, um, if you want workforce management functionality, you're going to have to go outside of the ecosystem. Exactly. At this point. Yeah. Wow. Well, so that's earth shaking, actually. It's earth shaking. It also makes, I think, you know, the the next piece of this puzzle will come about when we find out. So who's going to be the next workforce management solution that will either grow as a more standalone application, right? We've got work, there's, there's a few of them out there, right? Workforce software um, has been in the market for quite some time and has a lot of complex capabilities. There's a lot of point solution specific, um, industry specific um, workforce management applications, time class plus, those kind of things that are out in the market that would probably love to grow into some of these spaces now, right? Um, but the other question becomes, will the enterprise vendors just simply make the decision to build out the extensibility in their own generally smaller versions of workforce management applications, right? Um, and that I think is then, you know, it'll be interesting to see in the next six months to a year what the decision is from the enterprise systems as to where they're going to invest their time and money. Will it be in building this out or will it be in finding the right partners to build up to compete with what is now a combined Kronos ultimate um, competitor in the market, right? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, but I think, I think workforce management software is hard, right? It's not, this is not the same as standard enterprise software where you fill in the blanks and the machine gives you a report based on the data you put into it. This is this is the 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 sort of early stages of AI were happening in workforce management because you had to have the capacity to deliver information about shifting priorities. So and so I don't other... think, I don't think it's easy to build it, right? I don't think it's easy to no. build it. It's not going to be easy to build it, and it requires a a large amount of um, what I would consider sort of the more complex predictive and capabilities when it comes to scheduling and um, thinking, you know, about the alternative variations in scheduling models. Right? I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why it takes so much to figure out a workforce management application is because you're not just doing one scenario in general, you have to be able to run multiple scenarios when you're doing a scheduling model. And then you have to run those multiple scenarios against all of the regulations you have in your scheduling and time tracking tool requirements. And then you have to make sure those are all tied to compliance and regulation standards that are held at the state and regional and city level in some cases, right? So it's, it's not just a technology conversation, it's also a sort of Space and speed conversation when it comes to the technology, as well as the ability to literally maintain a catalog of all of the constantly changing regional and city and state compliance requirements. So, so, so running down this track, you know, I've been following the um, the sort of 
real-time coverage of this, and I haven't seen anybody go, wow, this is really smart. But I think you're saying, wow, this is really smart. You know, I I didn't – when I first heard this, I mean, I think everyone was like, oh, yeah, they're on the same equity firm. They're going to get – you know, they're going to be working together. I think that this was the smartest move for Ultimate and for Kronos both in the fact that they had gaps and they fit the gaps. And it is very unlikely that any organization like an Ultimate would be able to build out all the things you need when it comes to workforce management at the speed and level and pace they would need to build it out, Right. So I do think this is very smart, and I do think that this puts the other enterprise organizations, makes this a much more difficult sell for them because they aren't going to be able to catch up as quickly. This is not like learning or even recruiting, and we all know how hard those environments are, so don't get me wrong. But you can't build, I think, a workforce management application in a year that meets the needs of large, complex organizations. So, so that means that if, if these guys can sort of get it together and make the combined entity actually work, um, that, that they've got a head start on something pretty amazing. Wow. Wow. I, I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, and that was, I'm glad we had this conversation because that was not apparent to me when we started the conversation. Well, and, and I think because this is, you know, what I've been, you know, as I've been watching all of the, the conversations, you know, there is this feeling of sort of, will these two entities be able to mesh? And, and that is a big conversation and it's something we all have to pay attention to. But if they can make it mesh, then it was definitely the right move. It will put them above and beyond where many of the other enterprise organizations are at. And it will require, and this is what I'm going to love, because if, if we kind of watch what happened in the core HR space, what we saw was that an organization like Workday came in and basically upped the bar as to what people would expect from an enterprise HR platform at that level, right? And so everybody had to move as quickly and as fast to up their bars as well. And I do think that the industry all did that. Everyone basically stepped up and said, we can compete in this space as well. I think this will be the next place where you're going to start to see some competition have to come out, which is who's going to up the bar next on what we're doing on workforce management now that this is a competitive conversation versus a partnership conversation. My hope is that this is a more relevant conversation because it's not in the HR space right now. Most of the time when you go in and talk to your head of HR, they are not thinking about their workforce management application. They, they, it isn't part of their purview in some cases, but they do know that they have problems with making sure they have the right people in the right places, but it's not oftentimes talked about at the workforce management level, right? This is so interesting because part of what you're saying in the subtext is, is that most HR software doesn't contain the subtleties necessary to actually make AI work because there's so much you don't know about what it takes to actually get work done. And by introducing workforce management tooling into a fully integrated HR stack, um, you sort of force the question of making sure that you know what work is getting done and that allows you to make much better predictions about all sorts of things. 
Yeah, that's definitely. interesting. That's, I mean, that's really interesting to me. I, I had I hadn't really considered that, and and it's a sort of a a, a deficit in most HR tech data stacks, isn't it? It, it really is, and and there's been a lot of I think interesting um, ways that organizations have addressed the issue. In many cases, they have they have addressed it by creating really tight integrations with these platforms, right? or by making sure they had really good tools for extracting data in ways that they could do planning or workforce analysis, right? Um, but it, it, is, it is a gap, and it has been a gap for some time. And I also think it's an area where we just haven't seen the level of innovation. I think there's been a lot of innovation made in sort of the look and the feel, but not maybe in how these tools can be leveraged at the highest level. Um, and, and partially, is they, they just haven't gotten the attention of the person who's writing the biggest paychecks right now, which is generally the head of HR, the head of IT. Most of the time, they're relegated to an operations conversation, which has finances to fix the operations issue, but does not care as much about how that gets rolled into an HR conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it's going to be fun to see how this evolves over time, isn't it? It will be, and I and I think you know for the the rest of the industry, the 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 next few months and how the different organizations react to this will give us some insight into what this will look like in another year or two. But you know, it is important, I think, for all the buyers and everyone out there that nothing's going to change overnight, and we should probably state that. And I think that was very clear from both the Ultimate and the Chronos group as they were sort of giving uh, their insight into this is that they are going to be um, focusing on their customers, making sure their customers um, understand what the opportunities are, but also making sure that they're not losing anything in this process. So there was a lot of emphasis on that in the conference call this afternoon. And there was a lot of focus on making sure that the employees, both in the ultimate side and the chrono side, um, were being sort of uh, looked after in this process, and I think that was definitely some of the other conversation is concerns about any one employee set. So there's going to be no regions that are going to be changed, and no headquartered locations that are going to be going away right now. Um, no offices that are going to be closing. All of that stuff was very made to be very clear in that conversation too. Well, um, so we've, we've we've had a good go at the first wave of this. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more. As time gets on, thanks for taking the time to have the conversation and enjoy the snow. Maybe you can get a sled. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a sled. Make a snowman this week. <laughs> make, a snow, make a snowman. That's the deal. Um, and thanks, everybody, for listening in. You, you've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer, with Stacey Harris and John Subshow. Bye-bye now. Okay, Julian, that's the end. Um, and and if you've got a moment, Stacey, why don't you call me on the other line, and we'll have we'll have yeah, Julian patch these things together. All right. Okay.